coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and I am here today with Tarji Carter. She is the founder and president of The Franchise Player. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. So with that being said, tell us a little bit. I love the name. I got to tell you, I love the name of your business, uh, The Franchise Player. So tell me a little bit about the, the culmination of that. I know you've been in the industry a very long time. So tell us more. Yeah, so I've been in the industry about a, a decade and a half. It was all a fluke. I worked in the hotel industry and happened to meet the then president of Cinnabon, who was staying at my hotel. And next thing you know, I'm selling franchises. So that that's really how I cut my teeth on, on the franchise industry. So fast forward, last year, I was hoping to lead a program that was geared towards African-Americans in the franchise community. That program has has been paused. And so that is what really prompted uh, the creation of the franchise player. Um, and so it's it's really a labor of love. Throughout my career in franchising, I worked for a number of different organizations and they were all very, very focused on growing the brand. But I noticed pretty quickly that a lot of a lot of African-Americans didn't necessarily have access to information about franchising and how beneficial it could be to establishing legacy and generational wealth. And so it's been a personal mission of mine to educate everyone, but to also have a special focus for the community that needs it the most. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I, I totally love that. And, it, you know, like, franchising is a mystery to a lot of people. <laughs> so it is. You know, until you're in it, then you're like, it's not a mystery anymore. But we right. know the word franchise, we understand it, we relate it to football, we relate it to mm-hmm. McDonald's, we, we kind of get that that's a big, obviously a successful concept. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't, I don't think most realize how much opportunity is so darn accessible to so many different types of people from different backgrounds. So with a focus on, on diversity and, and you know, just getting the word out specifically to, to African-Americans or whoever that group might be, what, how do you approach that? Like, how do you, how do, you do that with intention, I guess? Yeah, well, I, it's interesting because Forbes, according to Forbes, statistics show that businesses that make it point to encourage ethnic diversity are 35% likely to increase revenue. So I think that's a great place to start. I recently wrote an article that talked about my childhood and my frequent use of a certain brand, a fr- certain franchise brand. I would go to this brand with my my dad all the time. And um, as a kid growing up in the inner city of Boston, I it was just a trip to this, you know, to McDonald's with my dad um, almost monthly. And we would sit there and we'd have our ritual and Never once did I even think or, or even know to think that this could be uh, a pathway to success, a career, 
uh, for me growing up. It took until I moved from Boston to Atlanta um, to, to figure that out. And again, I mentioned that it was really, really a fluke. Um, I don't believe in, I guess, um, uh, I don't really truly believe in, um, what's the word? Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm losing my Luck. Of thought here. <laughs> Luck or coincidence, I guess. Coincidence, um, yeah. yeah, coincidence. So um, it's just, I think it was a matter of a perfect storm. You know, I was working, I was um, hired by Focus Brands. Uh, at the time, they owned a number of different brands and I was hired as a franchising manager for Carvel. Within eight months, I was promoted to director over Cinnabon and Carvel for the entire country. And that was a huge responsibility. Um, I, I stumbled along the way, you know, again, because it was all very new to me. Um, but what I also noticed is um, from from my childhood and until today, you know, when you look at um, operations, you look at the frontline staff, you look at those who are helping to run the stores and, and not just in the French and not just in the restaurant industry, but pretty much across the board. Um, you know, there are a lot of African-Americans that are working day in and day out in these franchise um, outlets. And a lot of them may not know, just like I didn't know, that ownership is um, could be a reality, right? You know, and then what we like to do is it's teach the difference between the myths and the realities, right? And so some folks might think that it's um, it's not something that's attainable um, or that, you you know, you have to have millions of dollars to get into franchising. And in some, with some brands that, that might be the case, but, but not every brand. And so um, at the franchise player, the, uh, what we, what we focus on is bringing education resources and opportunities to aspiring franchisees, working with brands that have a focus on diversity. And when I say a focus, meaning, you know what, we're not doing a great job right now, or we are, and we want to get better, right? So it starts somewhere. And I think the brands that can pause and admit, you know what, we probably can do something different. Those are the brands we want to work with because we know that there is a, there's a heart for um, really changing the face of the game. Yeah. And you just mentioned earlier with that stat, that's pretty profound. I think you said 35%? 35% according to Forbes. And I, I think I'll trust Forbes, Forbes right. numbers. But there's some, yeah, right. All numbers are numbers, but there's an impact there. There's a truth there, right? To look at yes. and question, why is that? And so, uh, but yeah, so you're, you know, look, the pathway of, of an employee, I think, I think without even saying, we, we, we could know just from a little bit of experience that if you have employees that come to work every day and have an aspiration, or at least they know ahead of time, when they start their journey as an employee or in a career, that that career could have a long-term, you know, have legs to it, right? With, Absolutely. With attached. Like, it's a whole different game if you're leaving high school, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I have a, a daughter now that I'm not sure what she's going to want to do. She's not looking at college yet. Mm -hmm. And so she'll get a job. And there's a good chance she could get jobs at franchises or something. But wouldn't it be great if there was that pathway that was sort of already there that would said, look, if you pay your dues, if you work towards this, this could be an option, right? Yeah. And that's a conversation that can happen, the inter happen in the interviewing process, right? Thanks. So you can get a lot more mileage from someone if they understand how this impacts them individually and personally, right? So if you say, listen... Here, here's your job at McDonald's. We'll just use McDonald's as an example. And this is what your salary will be. If you can get an individual to look at it as you're getting paid to train, to own your own store one day, yeah. just think about 
how that opens up a world of opportunities for this person. So now, instead of just working the cash register and going home when their shift is over, they're going to want to learn every aspect of that business. And, and, and what a great way to grow your staff and your, your, your employees to being um, you know, just hourly employees to someone who really has a vested interest in your investment, right? And so that's a great way, I believe, uh, that we can all pay it forward. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, when you think about the ingredients of a franchise brand, it's, hey, how do we make every location successful, right? There's no location they, they don't want to be wildly successful, right? right? And how do you do that? Well, part of it is having a great team, being able to hire and have a great team. And of course, if that occurs, then then in, we just talked about what we said, we have a bullpen of, of potential candidates always growing, always, always building, right? Absolutely. So you're doing yeah. both. You know, you can, it, you can do them both. And I just think we, um, you know, we owe it to ourselves, right? Because eventually we're going to pass this along, hopefully from generation to generation and, and create legacy for our family. So I think um, if we start there, that's a great place to start. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the franchise player, because I think that's a really cool concept, the way that you're using the name. And then I think that you you kind of approach candidates sort of as different types of positions or uh, but tell me a little bit about how you approach that so that you at the franchise player can help, right? Help the candidates, help the brands, help really make those matches. But tell me more about that. Yeah. So we are working to bridge the gap. So in one aspect, we work with the candidates. So um, there are four different tracks, if you will, or pathways. Um, the first, first pathway is, you know, individuals who work in operations who are looking to take the next step into ownership. Um, the next path would be individuals who are looking to uh, invest in franchising. They may be in a different industry and they're looking to either change careers or have um, an investment opportunity. The third path would be those who are existing franchisees with any given brand, any given industry, and they're looking to diversify and take advantage of the uh the, the uh, incentives that we're able to negotiate with some of these brands. And then the fourth would be individuals who have a friend, who have a concept that they're looking to then convert into a franchise. Right. So that's how we work with the individuals on the brand side. Um, you know, brands are stretched thin, right? We, we hear these large brands and we think they just have thousands of employees everywhere. And that's not the case. I remember when I worked at Cinnabon, our team was so small, we would joke that we could all fit inside of a Volkswagen Beetle. Like it was, you know, so, so the brand has this huge uh, awareness and, and identity. And sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, a few really strong people just holding things together. And so with, for the brands, what, what it does is we, you can kind of outsource your minority program through the franchise player. So if you're looking to diversify and bring in a more diverse group of candidates, um, you know, partner with us. We can help you achieve that goal versus having to try and invent a program um, that you may or may not have the time and resources to do. Exactly. I mean, and that's so you, but you mentioned four positions. I thought that was really interesting. And then when you talked about the fourth position, uh, the new franchise brand, which is amazing when you think about all the great entrepreneurs that are out there in the world today that have great lo great businesses locally, somewhere regionally. And at some point, maybe they discover that franchising is, is an amazing vehicle to scale or grow 
their idea, their vision. And so that that's obviously exciting. And we see a lot of new brands every year um, that, that come about. And it's very interesting to see. But one, I was talking to you earlier, and I know one of the big challenges of emerging brands is, you know, how do you get that momentum, right? So tell me a little bit about how you can kind of combine both, it seems like, where you have a, at the franchise player, you really have an, a, a, an idea of how to recruit, how to focus on, you know, uh, finding players <laughs> that are in yep. different positions. But a lot of that then can help position four, right? And, Absolutely. And because that is real hard in those early days. But if you have a unique way to find those candidates, maybe not so. But tell me a little bit about how you accomplish that and approach that, you know, might approach that for an emerging brand versus a corporate brand. Well, I start first by uh, acknowledging and respecting the fact that I don't know everything. And I keep a really strong team of folks around me. So within, you know, along my career path with all the different brands um, that I had the pleasure of working with, uh, I met some really great people who work within all different disciplines of franchising. And so I call them, you know, they're, they're friends of mine from all different walks of life. Uh, but again, the different disciplines within franchising. So we're talking real estate, construction, construction and design, market planning, marketing, like the list goes on and on. And so um, I start really by uh, including them in what I do. And uh, and so wherever we have a need, I have a re really strong relationships with franchise attorneys. So getting a, a really buttoned up FDD is extremely important. Um, but the consultation piece with, with, with the... Um, with the business owner who wants to convert to a franchise, understanding what their goals are and if they're realistic or not. Um, so having those tough conversations. And then if it makes sense, we figure out how we can bring the team together to help them really get off um, from a position of strength. Gotcha. And, and so just back to the, 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 how you approach, you know, recruiting from a, um, uh, from a diversity standpoint with some intent, right? You want to get the word out and education out there. And tell me a little bit about how you're accomplishing that, or at least your vision to do that. And, and yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, yeah. So, so what I do is um, I, I, I think fishing in the big ponds where everyone goes to find candidates is great. I would never say to stop doing that, but we have to think outside the bun. What, what else is there, right? How do we get into these, communities that um, where, where, where some of these aspiring franchisees live. So what I do is I'm looking for all of the opportunities to get out and talk about what I do, what franchising is, what it isn't, um, and to promote the brands that have partnered with the franchise player. So I go where, where the African-American community lives, works, plays, and worships. And so I'm finding I'm turning over every rock. I'm going to um, the uh, uh, the sororities and the fraternities. I'm going to the the churches and um, you know everywhere where I can think that we are. So I get invited to um, to to speak at events. Um, I get invited to just attend different events, and nothing's too small for me. I think even if we get one person that's willing to to go the you know go go the length of starting with me and then hopefully signing a franchise agreement or a store development agreement, um, it's worth it. And so I, um, I stay connected to the community. I have my ear to the community. Um, everyone in my circle of, or sphere of influence knows what I do and what I love. So they're always sending me information. Um, I'm on webinars. I'm doing everything that I can to get the word out. 
about franchising, um, the benefits of it, how, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's one of America's best kept secrets. And, um, and, and I just think, you know, there's enough to go around for everyone. And not everyone's going to own a McDonald's. Not everyone's going to own a Chick-fil-A, right? Those are the first brands that come out of everyone's mouths. And those are definitely great brands, but there are so many others um, that could get you on the path to owning one of those brands someday. But you have to start somewhere. Yeah, you do. And I, you know, like, I think, I think, I don't know if it was you or someone else, but there's at least 300, right? Mm -hmm. Industries or more. Very close to 300. And, and so it's, uh, uh, there's so many different ways to approach ownership. The the idea or the concept that that you can build, like you mentioned, generational wealth. Um, it's not a hard concept to you know to 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 share with folks, but they don't if they've never heard it, then they don't think that way, right? And really, all of these businesses are assets. It doesn't matter if you own a building or in a restaurant or retail operation, or you're building an audience and a, a list of customers and, and generating revenue and profit. It's all about building an asset that pays the bills and and builds and you know, builds that wealth up yeah, over absolutely. It's better so Michael, than a 401k. <laughs> it, it is. It yeah. can, if you if you go about it the right way, it certainly can be. Yeah. And so the the way that I also like to work with the brands is as I'm working with the candidates on on this side of the equation. Um, I won't bring anyone to a brand unless I know that they meet the qualifications and they're ready to go. So I've done the vetting. And so what it does is it shortens the life cycle, well, the sales life cycle, I should say. Um, so once they come to your team, your franchise sales manager pretty much will have everything that they need to hit the ground running with that candidate versus someone entering as a raw lead, going through that sales funnel. And then you get to a certain point and you realize, oh, wait, they, they don't have access to capital or the credit score isn't where we need it to be, or they, they don't have... Um, you know, they don't have an operator. They they have the finances, but they don't have, you know, an operator that's going to be there day in and day out. So that's one of the benefits of working with the franchise player for brands is that um, you know, as if you become a, a, a partner of, of the franchise player, you're going to have access to candidates that are ready to go. Yeah. Versus having yeah. to start from um from ground zero. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you think, just just looking at the candidates, um, and sort of the business owner DNA. I know we talked about the, the one part was you can introduce a new, a new operator, a new employee, whether, whether, wherever they're starting. Uh, but they move up into, into a manager operational kind of role and they're learning more. And you can certainly introduce the idea of ownership. So I, I guess I have two, two folded question. One is just how does the franchise player or do you help companies sort of, first of all, position that? differently, right? Where they could start to you know, position this idea of internal recruitment, right? And then is there something in all your experience, because I know you've worked with a lot of candidates, right? Is there something, I know you mentioned operations folks and, and, and affinity with the brand, that's obviously helpful, but is there another piece that you see that just, it, it just, it's, you know how to identify it as someone who's, this is a mover and shaker. This is someone who will, will be accountable. This is someone who will get the job done. I mean, again, the rest of the stuff, like getting approved, having the finances, figuring those details out certainly are important, but isn't it really about what I just said? If you put someone in that position, they'll make it happen. How valuable can they be, right? If they're successful. 
And so real important not to overlook that part. Like you got this diamond in the rough. (laughs) So, but tell me, tell me, how do you navigate that? Like, what are you looking for? I guess if you're looking for that DNA, what is that one thing you kind of try to spot? I think honestly, it's a, um, a commitment to success and excellence. And that's something that you can't really teach. Some people either have it or they don't. My dad had had this stupid saying, uh, if you can take a seal out of the ocean and teach it to blow a trumpet, you can teach a human being anything you want it to know. And I hated that saying, especially around report card time, but he was right, you know? And I just think um, we have to get out of our own way sometimes. Um, th- there are a lot of politics when it comes to who are we going to bring, in, bring, bring into the brand? Um, what do they look like? What do they talk like? What do they sound like? And it's, and, and, and I get it, you know, I I understand that, you know, there's some of those things matter, right? But how do we get to a yes with the folks that are already on the team? Do they have what it takes to operate one of our units or, or a network of our units and possibly have one of the most successful networks in the system? How do we get to that, right? And I know most brands don't want to lose their star players. Like this is my director of operations. He's over the Southern region and he, you know, he's the glue that keeps these stores running. But when does he get an opportunity to reap some of the benefits of the, uh, the hard work and dedication that he's put into the brand? And I think that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. No, the brands I, I, just have to take a look at, at how do we how do we make that happen? And if if he, if that person is as great as they are, more than likely they have someone behind them that could then fill their shoes. And so we just again, to your point, we just constantly fill the funnel with good talent. And again, getting out of our own way and looking at the bigger goal, right? Growing the brand, having um, satisfied and successful and profitable franchisees that can serve as great um, validators for our sales team so they can sell more units. So it's a, it's a cycle. Um, and if we can just step aside and let the cycle do what it's supposed to do, I think um, a lot of brands could see a lot more success. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I think of the acres of diamonds, like I said, you know, these brands have great people uh, making things happen every day and that's the pool, right? Instead of that's competing, water pool. pool, right? That's uh, it. That's a better pool. So I- yeah, I have I have folks who are in operations in my inbox and in LinkedIn right now, ready for an opportunity, and they're you know, they've been passed up. Um, you know, they've just not been not been seen uh, by their employer, and um, and so in the article I wrote uh, recently, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, but basically find find those diamonds in the rough before I help your competition find them. And, and, and now, you know, now you've lost a, a very valuable player. So I would love to help whatever brands I can um, to figure out a system that works internally or through the franchise player. But um, I'm open. In addition to the franchise player, I also own uh, a franchise consulting business um, that we work with everyone. Um, and that's entitled the uh, Guest First Services. And so we've been around since 2017. And uh, the franchise player is an arm of, of what we do. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, tell me a little bit about how folks can reach you. I mean, you have candidates, potential candidates that were folks, like you said, community in the community that may want to, to share some, some information with their, with their audience or their community mm-hmm. uh, or, or franchisors, brands, how folks get a hold of you. Uh, so you can visit the website, um, www.thefranchiseplayer.com. On Instagram, uh, the handle is I am the franchise player. Um, and those are probably the two best ways. Um, if you want to reach me by telephone, you can do that as well. Um, and or email or telephone number is 678-608-0856. And the email address is info at the Excellent. Well, Tarji, it's been a pleasure to talk about these these topics. I hope to have you back again. Listen, thank you for having me. Uh, and if any, anything I can do to help any of your listeners, um, I'd be honored. It's great to have you. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye for now. 